If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, we are back with another episode of the Leading Learning Podcast, and this time we are once again turning our focus to the very popular topic of credentialing and certification. And Salisa, I know you had a chance to talk with uh, Adrian Segundo, who is really out there on the front lines in this whole world of credentialing. That's right. Adrian is the Chief Operating Officer at Limitless Association Solution Resource. That's a, a, a boutique association management company. So they really focus and specialize on the development and maintenance of certification programs. And it was great to talk to Adrian to get her perspective of on what's going on in the uh, credentialing space. You know, we touch on digital badges. We touch on just the role that technology is having in the credentialing space, uh, both as a, an opportunity and as, a, as a, a threat or a challenge to some of what associations are doing. But she's just very thoughtful and very hands-on in this world, working with associations uh, around you know building certification programs, looking at everything from kind of the high-level strategic um, view of the program down to the very tactical kind of uh, uh, implementation of those programs. So she has a great perspective to, to add. Well, I've had the opportunity to talk with Adrian a number of times and have always enjoyed that, always learned from it. So looking forward to hearing this interview. Let's get on with it. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Today, Adrian Segundo joins me. Adrian is chairman and chief operating officer at Limitless Association Solution Resource, which is a boutique association management company based out of Colorado. And they specialize in the, de- in the development and maintenance of certification programs. So thanks for taking time to talk with me today, Adrian. Thank you. And so uh, that was a little bit of an introduction, Adrian, but it was pretty abbreviated. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Limitless Association Solution Resource just to start things off. Sure. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, A little bit about myself. I have about 14, 15 years of association management experience. Um, I relocated to Colorado to open up Limitless um, about four years ago. And prior to that, I was at an association management company, kind of did a hodgepodge of different jobs as anyone who works at an AMC does. Mm -hmm. Um, Started off in membership and meetings and then found my way to certification programs and uh, um, accreditation and fell in love with it. And I knew that was where I wanted to be. Um, So my husband and I relocated from Florida to Colorado, opened up Limitless. I worked for a little while at a standalone certification program for surgical technologists as their director of operations and credentialing, really got my feet um, into the nitty gritty of a lot of different uh, programs and operational things and thought, you know, better way than to take my fate into my own hands and do what I love, which is helping associations develop and maintain their programs and opened our own business, Limitless. So that's what we do. As you said, it's we're, we're starting off boutique and specializing in credentialing programs. Um, every day is a new day with some some different need or purpose. Uh, so we're really, we're really open to our, our models open to a lot of different um, things depending on the organization. So that's what we do. Well, great. And you know, you're your enthusiasm for certification programs does come through. And so I just actually want to ask a little bit more. So what is it that attracts you to certification programs? What, what do you personally find so appealing about that line of work? 
I love, I've always loved association work, but I thought that the certification program took it a step further because this individual really wants to go above and beyond their said trade and show their proven competency within their profession. And working with those kind of subject matter experts and volunteers was, it it was and is such a wonderful experience for me because they're dedicated, they know their job better than anybody, and they take it to that next level. And it really shows um, within their profession. So serving on the other end, you know, I always say I'm a glorified paper pusher in that regard. I get it. I get it moving and going for them. It's so rewarding to me. And then seeing the output of what they do for their profession is is phenomenal. Well, that's great. Yeah. So they're really the dedicated uh, learners who are committed. That's great. Right. I, you know, um, I was looking over the, the Limitless website and I noticed there that you talk about associations being at a pivotal stage today. So I, I would love to hear you talk about what do you think has made today's world or what is making today's world so pivotal for associations? What are the, the threats and the opportunities? Sure. Well, the the threats are just like anything. Technology. Technology is emerging so much that associations used to be the information resource center for someone. Um, Now that's the internet. That's Google. I can find any bit of information I want and not have to go to my association. And so what we look at at Limitless and, and what the emerging trends within the industry is turning towards is the association should be the um, career builder, the driver, the education, the resource for an individual. If I lost my job, I would hope that my association for said trade would be there, one, to help me um, with uh, connections and networking, but also for the educational content and um, be, my, be my unlimited resource for that. So the pivotal stage that's occurring now that we see is that associations are just staying the same way they've always been for 100 years. They're not moving forward and taking advantage of the fact that they have all this collateral material of educational content, and they're not turning it into anything. So Limitless was formed on the principle that we can help associations gather all their educational content, turn it into a credential, a micro-credential, whatever um, would would be appropriate for the respective um, organization, and turn it into something tangible for that individual individual to grow. Great. All right. So it's about kind of rethinking the the value that the association can bring to the to the individual, or and 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 making sure that they're, the association is providing that value. Absolutely. And, and because we, you know, so we started off talking about the fact that um, you have a, a strong background, and and Limitless has this sort of a focus on certification programs, and then you started talking about just now micro credentials and some things like that. But so I'm thinking before we go too much further that it would be helpful well, to hear your uh, definition of some of these these terms. So you know, what is credentialing or what are certificate programs or certification programs you know and and so you can use the the words the terms that you like best and then tell us what how, how you define them Sure. Well, a credential, as I've always looked at it, is a it's a full fledged you know uh, certification. So it, it assesses all your knowledge and skills, whether in a written exam or hands on or a combination of the two, of your of your current job function. Um, and then it's maintained by continuing education. So you have that continuing competency aspect to it. A certificate, I always had looked at it as it's a it's a one time thing that you earn. Like um, if you take a Microsoft Access course and it's the 2012 version, you take that, you prove your competency and you go on your way. Um, You're never um, proving again that you need to retake that certificate. So it's a one-time shot. Some programs are designed differently. Um, You know, you can add a continuing education competency, you know, portion to it. Um, But for the most part, it's, it's one and done. So those are the two ways that I've always defined it in my head. And I think both have their place depending on your, your organization and what their, what their mission is. 
And, and so is it fair to say that you do focus on, on certification programs or is it, or is it more accurate to say that you focus on um, something larger or something in addition to certification programs? Actually, right now, um, so we do focus on certification programs and it seems, it, I mean, they're expensive. Um, so when you, you know, a lot of organizations have sticker shock at front when, when it comes to understanding what it's going to cost to develop it. So a lot will then um, defer to a building a certificate program because those you can bite off in smaller chunks mm-hmm. and you'll see the, the ROI a lot faster on a certificate program. However, if an organization understands that, hey, it may cost X, Y, Z to get this rolling, the return on the investment once you get these individuals in is not only for, you know, the recertification fees, but they'll come back to your organization for the educational content to renew their certification. So they have to really look at the bigger picture. Um, What our business model is seeing more of is organizations coming to us looking to assess their current model and build upon that and then look towards these micro-credentials or these smaller certificates in addition to their already existing certification program. Mm, so you're seeing the the micro as a as a growth area? Absolutely. Because it really, if you thought the certification or the individual credential had some merit to it, add something that's even more specific to the job function that builds upon that. So they kind of stack each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you were, you mentioned the, the use of exams um, and things. In terms of the, the work that you're doing with associations, are you always seeing the use of an exam or some of these more of the, you know, certificates that kind of just denote participation rather than than proven knowledge? Uh, We've always seen um, examinations. Okay. Yeah. I try to stay away from the ones that just say, hey, you showed up, you get it. Um, To me, that doesn't prove anything. We all can just show up and get something. Uh, So to me, I, I get... I, I advise clients to go towards something that has been tested by subject matter experts that has a good backbone. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it again earlier a little bit when we were talking about kind of the, the credential, you know, where you have um, usually the continuing education to, to maintain it. So, so yeah, talk about um, continuing competency a bit. You know, we are hearing I feel like in our work, we are hearing more about, you know, organizations that are really kind of trying to struggle with that issue of how do you ensure that someone, um, you know, in a field or profession really does, you know, maintain um, their their competency. You know, are, is that something that the organizations you work with are struggling with or focusing on? You know, the groups we've been working with are a lot of healthcare related. Mm-hmm. So uh, they get a lot of pressure from their employer anyways to maintain continu- continuing education, whether it's through their certification or not. Right. So that's been very helpful. But yes, that conversation comes up a lot. And uh, the other parts of that conversation that comes up is a lot of groups will offer the examination again as part of, of, of the recertification opposed to a certain amount of CEs per year. And you, you can, uh, th- that's a very uh, loose and opinion based um, way of continuing competency because if you go four years without doing anything but then you just take an exam again well what if you're just a good test taker that doesn't mean each year you're maintaining new standards or new issues that are arising a lot can happen in four years Um, so I think the especially in the healthcare industry um, having a certain amount of continuing education due within a calendar year is probably the best way to maintain continuing competency Um, and a lot of times it's you know uh, um, sitting in a seat in a classroom style, not just reading journal entries or a combination of the both. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating. I think healthcare has, um, because of that focus on that that maintenance of, of competency, that it seems like it 
has the potential to to provide a model to to other uh, associations and other fields. Um, Absolutely. And you know, when, when we talked about the uh, threats and and um, to associations today, you mentioned technology as one. So I, you know, I. Um, if we think more specifically about technology and the role that it tends to play in, in credentialing, can, can you just tell us a little bit about what types of systems or kind of what kind of techno- technology infrastructure tends to be behind um, some of the, the programs that you're working with? Um, yeah, sure. So a lot of the programs that we work with, we'll work with some LMS systems, a lot of learning management systems, um, to gather the content that an organization has and put it together um, to then have a deliverable, whether it's a credential or a certificate program. But it, the the basis of that comment, it comes a lot of, um, there's a, a colleague of mine, Tom Morrison, that he has this presentation called What's Your Uber? And the, the concept behind that is figuring out what out there is going to be above and beyond and better than what you currently are offering that will make your organization uh, not relevant anymore. And that's the concept with the Googles and the different things that are out there. So organizations can't just say, hey, we provide the information. Like I said before, you have to have a reason why someone's going to continue to come back and have your finger on the pulse for what that may be. So a lot of the systems um, that we implement, some some may be dated in the sense that it's the old learning management system. Someone sits there, takes a course, or their certificate or whatever it may be, but they're utilizing that um, as proven competency to their employer. And that is the missing link that a lot of groups um, don't have is having the employer buy-in for their credential or their certificate program. And as part of many focus groups that we conduct with our clients and their we always make sure to include the employer in that because if the employer has buy-in, then that's a selling point to the individual who's buying the certificate or credential. Mm. And I know that was like a big roundabout comment, but (laughs) I think it all ties in. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it does. Uh, And I think that that point about kind of the, the employer buy-in and, and which I think basically gets back to the, the association as a trusted brand and yeah, the believability that, okay, this is something valuable um, to invest in. Um, it, you know, and you mentioned learning management systems. Do you tend to work with any other types of, of, of technology, you know, or is it, or does the, the, do the other sort of aspects of the, of the certificate or certification program get taken care of, um, out, largely outside of technology? Yeah, largely outside of technology. Usually we, I mean, we have our systems internally, um, but it's really up to the organization what they want to use and invest in for their deliverable. And and a lot of what we do is more of the hands-on um, administrative portion, and then we'll hand it off to a, a contracted testing company of some sort. So basically, whatever technology they have, um, some organizations still like the standard paper pencil examinations. Other groups insist on having um, uh, web-based testing where they capture all the students at the um, school before graduation. Uh, that's a really good method of gathering um, the individuals before they go out in the work field. So it really just depends. Okay. Great. You know, and and I think we've been getting at probably at least parts of how you might answer this question. But again, in looking over um, some of the information on your website, I just noticed that, you know, you make the statement that the future of associations will revolve around a certification or a certificate program. So I just was hoping maybe you could, you know, explain that a a little bit more and why you think that really is kind of the focus for, for associations going forward. Sure. Well, a lot of the presentations, um, especially like at ASAE that we've we've seen, or even at the Institute for Credentialing Excellence, are a lot are, are based on the 
relevance and the validity within the job force when you come out of school with a four-year degree. Granted, there there is definitely value. 90% of um, certification programs require some kind of formal education. But when you graduate from college and you go to sit down as uh, at your job as a surgical technologist or whatever it may be that's out there, you may be school efficient, um, but you're not job ready. And I feel that the association's role in, you know, um, gathering up this content to then deliver a certification program, the certification will prove your competency for that job. And I think that's where this this emerging trend will start turning that the the non-dues revenue option for an association will come in a credentialing or certificate program because people will then be job ready. It won't take six months to learn it. It'll take maybe three because they've already taken some kind of assessment-based certification to prove their competency and they're ready to go. And that in turn shows um, value. Um, the employee will have satisfaction. Hopefully the employer will recognize that. Um, so there's a lot of different things. Um, one other little tidbit that I've seen emerging as far as a, a trend is organizations or, or hiring managers utilizing an association certificate program as, as means as um, a job interview program process. They test them with um, some certain skills and knowledge through this um, certificate that is supposed to be for someone already on the job, but it allows them to do that beforehand so they can kind of vet out the employees that way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, uh, yeah, rather than a traditional interview and actually show us what you know kind of approach. Exactly. And that's more for like hands-on things, uh, hands-on positions that require like building something. (laughs) Right. Right. Would apply easier in certain fields or or with certain jobs. Um, So, you know, you're seeing um, associations uh, future, you know, centering around that, that ability to really help make sure um, people coming in to, to jobs are job ready and, you know, using certifications and and certificates to do that. I mean, as more and more people are potentially looking to um, certification and certificates to, um, to help them remain, um, you know, relevant and vibrant financially. I mean, what, what role do you think competition is playing now or, or will play as, as more people keep are looking that direction? Competition as far as what um, individuals in the in the workforce is that what you mean? Well, I think you, you could take it that way. That that would okay. be one point. I really was also thinking, you know, beyond that to just kind of you know if 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 more organizations are offering you know certificates and certifications, is is there any sort of you know watering down effect that then kind of um, you know be, begins to make them certifications not look quite as appealing then to the 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 individual who might be going after one. Sure, sure. Well, there's two things that that could happen because in the uh, last group that I um, represented, the surgical technology industry, there was at least three groups that offered the same credential, Mm -hmm. um, but they were all built different. Um, And ours was accredited through NCCA. So that made a world of a difference um, because we knew that our examinations were built the appropriate way according to, you know, national standards. Um, So you'll see that, yeah, you could have five come through the marketplace, but which one's a 
accredited. It, it, the same would be as if you went to a non-accredited university versus one that is. Um, so at that point, that's what makes them stand out. And then, hey, if you know two of those five um, have the NCCA accreditation, we'll take it to the next one, which is the international ISO standards. You know, however it may be. So I, I think at that point, um, that portion will make them stand above all. Now, if you go to the the other question that I asked originally, if it's in the employer uh, marketplace, if I have the same credential as someone else and I'm trying to get a job, or if I come in with a credential and the other person doesn't, I think that'll make their resume stand on the top of the pile, or at least you would hope it would. Right. Right. Well, great. Um, and because we're talking, I mean, we, we touched on micro credentials a little bit mm-hmm. earlier, and, and I know that we're hearing a, a fair amount of buzz around digital badges. So I would just love right. to hear your, your comments and thoughts around digital badges. I think they are the most brilliant thing that has ever come <laughs> to play in technology. My God, if way back when, when I was applying for a job, I could have all these things rather than trying to explain them. Um, but digital badging is fantastic. I'm seeing it more and more. Um, I, I've heard through different conversations that um, they're going to have it more prominent, you know, within LinkedIn and some different locations. But nothing is more valuable to me than, especially in a job that requires the certification for employment, that you can click on this digital badge through their electronic resume, verify that their credential is still valid and up to date. And then also see the eligibility requirements that they had to go through to obtain this certification and what was involved in them maintaining it. Um, that, to me, is, is it's phenomenal. Um, I, I think that technology is great, and I can't wait to see what else emerges from that. Are you seeing um, a, a lot of uh, associations that you work with actively pursuing digital badges, or is it more of a, you know, we're, we're going to get there, but it's it's not so big on the uptake yet i i want to say that in the last like three four years it was it was like how social media was like you got to have all these different things for your business to make it work and i think they finally have fine-tuned the process and the relevance of digital badging mm-hmm. in the in the industry so i'm seeing it uh gain more feet um and now it's the competition of which is the best one for my organization and getting everyone's websites up to date in order to support that kind of um information and so the next question I'd like to ask is just to talk a little bit about the relationship between um, between certificates and certification and learning in your mind. And you could um, take this at more of a, a practical or tactical level, like what people are doing with, with learning to support um, certification and, and vice versa, or more kind of a, a, an ideal um, point of view, you know, how people could or should be using learning to, to support or uh, to, to serve a role around um, certification and, and certificate programs. Sure. Well, coming from the, you know, personal experience in my part, I, I have seen, I've like I said, I've been in the association industry for a long time, and that has been a, a pretty good uh, stand above and beyond anyone else by showing your proven competency within your said profession. And I think that goes in, in any of the association work um, out there. If you have something behind your name or something on the wall that can prove that you know that job inside and out, I mean, that alone... Um, is remarkable. And and something that we used to do in the surgical industry, um, and I'm trying to encourage our clients to do the same, is find some... uh, 
find an additional value within that that certification that they're considering to launch or have already launched that could tie back to um, whether it's patient safety. If you said, hey, this person has a credential in XYZ, and that shows that there's a reduction of fires in the operating room or less instrumentation left in patients or anything of that, those statistics are real. Um, you know, those types of things are of value. And that's where the employer buy-in and some different facets all connect together. So dependent on whatever trade it may be, if those type of statistics and information can be linked back to the to the credential, that's where the the impactful buying power will then come through for that organization. Well, and that's a great example because I, I think that that idea of really focusing on what is the the impact, what's the outcome of of the of the credential or of the learning is really important. Organizations and and sometimes I think organizations aren't doing as much as they could or should be doing to to really measure um, that and tie things together like, you know, the relationship between a certain certification and right improved patient safety and, you know, in your example, are are you seeing organizations taking the time to do that, to tease out those connections, to to draw those um, uh, those lines between the the learning and the credential to the to the outcomes? The progressive ones, yes. The ones that take the time to listen to the question they ask, yes. Um, the groups that you try to bring that information to them, and it's the same groups that go and develop the certification program without conducting any kind of focus groups or, or external survey of the industry. And it's the same groups that go ahead and launch the program by just going by that one board member that thought it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it really just depends. You know, you can ask the question, but if you're not willing to listen and implement it, or if you attend the course and don't walk away with any tangible thing that you're going to up and up and do something with it, then it goes on deaf ears. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you mentioned that you, you said that the progressive ones are thinking about it. So the progressive organizations, those those smart organizations, the savvy organizations, you know, what are they doing um, with uh, learning, whether that's in the context of credentialing or, or, or not, that that others aren't doing, you know, what, what, what seems to be kind of some of those differentiators between the, the savvy organizations and, and the, the lackluster ones. Sure. I, the bottom line is this. Anyone can deliver a presentation. I can stand up there and read off a PowerPoint all day long. But if I'm not getting the juices flowing in your mind to make you think during that presentation of how does this affect me? How can I implement this? What can I do when I get back? And if I don't give anything tangible for that individual, any kind of action items, then it was a waste of time. And so when I say a progressive association, I'm talking about that. They're, they're giving, they're, they're, pushing your thought process to continue moving. And these are the groups that um, challenges their members or their individuals to not just be status quo, but to be something different. And that's where they offer the different uh, certification programs, or they offer great educational content at their um, annual conference. And and their members know to go to their website um, for the information that they need to make them successful at what they do day to day. Yeah, I think that's a very good point about the just the fact that the um, that there has to be that uh, expectation on both the part of the learner and on the the part of the organization providing the educational opportunity that, that look for this to really be meaningful it has to change behavior you have to do something different you need to Absolutely. yeah um, so in terms of what's happening in the um, certification uh, realm these days what's what's exciting or, or interesting to you 
um, what the phone calls on the micro credentialing and the digital badging, like what we talked about a little while ago, it's, it, I think people are seeing an easier win for their organization, something a little more, um, uh, manageable to explain to their board of directors. Um, and I think the neat part about that is if the group is not ready for the investment of a full on certification program, it's really nice to build a micro credential. And, you know, at the end of the day as well, sometimes a full blown certification may not be applicable to said association. Uh, one person may only do one facet of, um, the job. Uh, you know, you can look at the CAE exam, for example, there's some professionals out there that are true association management professionals, but they may only do membership all day long. And I would think it would be beneficial to have a, you know, a certificate that would recognize a membership director professional or whatever it may be. And if you want to hop around an association management company and, and tackle each job where you can build those certificates to then, you know, obtain the CAE, that's the kind of thing that's out there that I think is is great. So that's exciting. Well, great. And and on the other side of the coin, you know, what um, threats or, or hurdles do you see in, in the current environment that that's stymieing, you know, uh, learning being what it could be or, or, you know, the potential for certification and certification programs? Um, individuals, uh, organizations just uh, being complacent, doing things the way they've always done it for 25 years and not embracing change and uh, sh- thinking outside the box and changing things up a bit. Because our learners, if we want to engage the new generations of learners and, and those individuals who hop jobs every three years, not just jobs, but completely different professions, then you need to engage them and reward them in ways that they earn it, not just for showing up. And I think that's where associations really need to to look um, at their different learning models. Um, I think, you know, different things as far as the LMSs that are out there that are it's on-demand learning right then and there. I think it's brilliant. It engages a lot of different groups, but they better keep up with the with the beat of the other ones because there's a lot of different learning mechanisms out there that uh, individuals may go to other than the association if they don't step it up. All right. So complacency is a danger. I don't get the sense that you're at all complacent when it comes to growing your own knowledge and skills. So I I would just love to have you tell us a little bit about how you tend to approach your own um, learning. How do you go about keeping up to to date on what's going on and, and making sure that you're growing? Sure. Well, I attend every conference that I can absolutely attend. And I try to take one or two takeaway. And if they have a certification or certificate then I that I can qualify for, I'll challenge it. Um, I think it's fun. I love building um, my base. And also what keeps me up to speed is the different questions different clients come back with um, if I handle that aspect of work. And if I don't, I look up how to and how I can get certified in it. <laughs> and I do it because I'm going to deliver it for them. <laughs> All right. Well, at some point, I'll have to come see all your uh, your wall. It's probably covered in all these certifications and certificates. But. It's growing. <laughs> well, so just to wrap up, you know, what are the best ways for people to find out a little bit more about you on the web or on, on social media if they're interested? Sure. Well, um, I mean, our, our business website, uh, we're Limitless Association Solution Resource. I know it's a mouthful, but um, it's LimitlessASR.org. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Adrian Segundo IOM. That's another little uh, thing that I did. If you haven't done it in the association profession, attend the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, Institute for Organization Management. Excellent, excellent way to prep yourself for the CAE portion. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm at many different conferences and, and events, so um, you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook under my name. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for making time to talk today, Adrian. 
Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So that wraps up our interview with Adrian Segundo. To get the show notes for this episode, just go to leadinglearning.com forward slash episode 16. And as always, while you're there, you'll see a variety of options for subscribing to the podcast. If that's something you haven't done yet, we would really, really encourage you to do it. That'll make sure that this just shows up automatically in whatever kind of podcatcher you happen to be using. And you'll see the options when you get to the show notes page. We'd also be grateful if you'd take a minute and give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, that we, we pay attention to those reviews. They are meaningful to us. They also help others find uh, the show when they're uh, searching through iTunes. So you can do that at leadinglearning.com slash iTunes, and we'd really appreciate that. And finally, don't forget to tell others about the Leading Learning Podcast if you're getting some value out of it. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com forward slash share. Or if tweeting isn't uh, what you're into, just use the language that we provide there and, and put it into another social network of your choice, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, or walk out in the hallway and tell somebody. Whatever you do, though, help us spread the word about the Leading Learning Podcast. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. 